Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh my gosh, the urinette's in front of us. What's up, guys? Ben, Power Products here. I'm here with Mr. Ashford West. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number three of the Power Products podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about suspension stuff namely leveling so your truck's raked you want to level it we're going to go over the basics here uh this is not tyler this is ashford ashford knows more about suspension than anybody i know so that's why we brought him in um again this is going to be somewhat of a broad spectrum because there's a lot of trucks out there a lot of different suspensions out there so we're going to kind of touch on the main points and then if you have a certain suspension system you're, you're thinking about leveling or you have questions on it we can always do a more in-depth in-depth episode later on so getting into it uh, real quick. Hi, Ashford. What up? Hey, guys. Yep, that's Ash. So, basic here, you just bought a brand new truck or you bought a truck, it's stock suspension, it's raked. You're staring at the ground, you got the grandpa look. Not cool, right? Not very fun. Nobody likes it. Very few do. And those who do typically are old, old guys <laughs> or have a camper on their truck all the time or are towing all the time or are the the my truck is stock the factory did the best bible thumping tdr dodge did it right that type of guy um for everyone else out there which is pretty much everyone um you want to level your truck out not necessarily because you want to fit some huge tires on there but you know just level it out it looks better and you can also fit a little bit larger tire on the front so ash why are trucks raked? Well, one of the main reasons why most factory trucks come raked is usually because of load support. They have to have the means of balancing the load when these 25, 3500 pickups, we're going to be talking about diesel trucks here, so let's say Chevy Ford and Dodge, when they come off the factory showroom floor, they're going to be leveled, or I should say raked, for a reason. And that's mainly because when we're towing with these trucks, we're going to be adding 500 plus pounds of ton weight, maybe more weight in the bed, maybe a camper, you name it, and they're looking to ideally get the truck to sit level when loaded. Um, that is very important when you are towing heavy. 
because you want to have that equal load distribution. If the truck is nose high, for instance, you take a lot of the weight off the front tires and you it becomes a, a uh, kind of a sketchy driver at that point. So that's the main purpose. Um, a lot of guys will argue fuel efficiency as well. Keeping the front of the truck down does increase fuel efficiency to an extent. So some guys say that, but mainly comes back to, I would say, load distribution, towing, and on certain instances, like let's say Chevys, they try to keep the front ends lower to uh, keep the front end geometry, let's say CV angles, as parallel as possible. Right. And so since this truck from the factory floor needs to be able to tow a lot, it's raked, so a lot of times you're going to have really stiff springs in the back. And that can lead to a lot of, you know, that's why people say like, oh, my truck rides better when I have 700 pounds in the bed. It's like, yeah, duh, because you're compressing the springs, things are riding a bit better. Truck was designed to tow, so of yeah. course. And not everybody tows with their trucks. That's no. kind of the case in point nowadays. People want to have a truck. People have you know, their own certain needs for it. Not everybody's using their truck as a workhorse. Not everybody's towing with it. There are guys out there that do, but not everybody does. I'd say no. the majority of people don't. When you buy a forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar truck as we touch bases on, you're not gonna use it for just towing. You're gonna daily drive with it. You may put your family in it, you may weekend warrior it, you may drive it Monday through Friday to work, but you're gonna be towing. But how often do guys buy those trucks and tow twenty four seven? There is guys out there, guys doing hot shot, guys that use these trucks, they do do that, but majority of us I would say we daily drive our trucks and we tow on the weekends. So that's why you're gonna have a factory rake in there. Um, now the next thing we want to talk about is why are you leveling your truck? Um, you know, it, it's you may, maybe you think the truck rides great from the factory, you just want a level stance, or you think the factory suspension is leaving something lacking. You think it could ride a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So some people will level it just to you know I just want to fit a bigger tire in there. I want it to look better. Yeah, that's usually three things. You're either looking for cosmetics, you're looking to make the truck sit level. It is kind of an eyesore to have the front end down, the back end up, so a lot of guys just like the truck to look level. Two is usually for wheel and tire fitment. We all like changing wheels and tires. It's the easiest thing we can do to change the truck's look, uh, kind of make it your own, personalize it. And then I would say third would be ride. Uh, You can really increase the ride of the truck by sometimes leveling it and increasing wheel travel. So those would be the top three. Right. So... You go online, you Google, I want to level my truck. You're going to start getting a bunch of forum hits. You're going to start getting a whole bunch of people and ads and whatnot. And you're going to see some people that are saying, oh, I want to level my truck. And they may ask someone, oh, that's going to rain in $2,500. And say, oh, well, why would I do that when I can spend $200 on these nice bill aluminum parts and my truck will be leveled? Why would I ever spend $2,500 to do that? That's because not all level kits or suspension kits are created equal. There's a time and a place for each of them and they're both gonna net you different results. Uh, Reasoning behind that, you put a spacer on a spring, you're pushing everything down. You're not changing the ride quality. In fact, you're probably making it worse and you're messing up the geometry in the tire front of the truck. You basically are moving that axle two inches down from where it was, it's essentially further down in the factory travel and a lot of things are gonna be kind of misconstrued and maybe not work the way it's supposed to. It may work for you for the first 10,000 miles. But you, you start prematurely wearing parts out, starts handling weird. Um, and then you're going to start chasing, you know, the old death wobble issue. You start chasing parts and start throwing parts out. You're not sure. Um, these are calls that we get pretty often. I would say daily, 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 multiple times a day. I would say I have well over 10 calls a day on, I want to level my truck. 
what do I need to do? Why do you have a kit that's 2,500 bucks? Why do you have a kit that is 300 bucks? Or why can I find this kit on Amazon for 150? Mm -hmm. What's the difference if it all changes my ride height two and a half inches and so I can fit this 35? Yeah, I just want to fit a 35, I don't care how much it costs. Like, okay, did you just buy a $70,000 truck and want to put the cheapest party kit on there and throw everything out of whack? Mm, maybe yeah. not so much. Um, so that, that's you're going to see basically two different types of leveling kits, and then one's probably going to go. Uh, we're we're going to cut out the custom leveling kits or coilover conversions, all that kind of stuff. We're going to stick to basics. You got springs, and you got spacers. Both have their time and place. Let's Both, not forget about them Chevy guys. Oh yeah, your torsion keys. Got to have torsion keys and in there as well. Arm. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll go solid axle, then we'll talk about Chevy. So you got your, your springs and your spacers essentially on your, your solid axle trucks. Yeah. And you put, the, you put a spacer in there. Now, where is that axle where, compared to where it used to be? So this would mainly cover, so let's say 94 up Dodge, which is 94 would be the first year of coil springs, and then 05 up on Fords. Mm -hmm. So going back to that, your question? Uh, let's say you put a spacer in there, did nothing else. Where did that axle move from where it originally was? There's a lot of things that change, and each truck will be a little bit different than next. Ford's mainly using radius arms, the uh, 94 to 2013 Rams, or 2012, depending on if it's 25 or 3500, will be four-linked, and then 13 up, 14 up being radius arm. When we put a spacer in there, we're, we're forcing everything down, so we change the geometry of many things. Um, and that goes with all leveling kits, whether it be a spacer kit or a full-time kit. The difference is with just a spacer, they don't really come with the appropriate components to fix the other issues that are being changed. One of them being, let's say, putting a spacer in there. You're keeping the factory springs, but you're not extending the bump stops or, let's say, sway bar inlinks or what we'll touch bases on later in this discussion would be track bar. Um, so when we do that, let's say a radius arm truck, we have two control arms that are locating the axle and we push it down. We're actually rotating the axle forward. We're losing caster. Um, caster. We, we're going to create some, some serious issues. Um, now there's ways around that, and that's the reason why there's cheap kits and there's good kits. Um, the more expensive kits will have more, be a little bit more elaborate on the components that they include, and that will be to get the truck back into factory alignment specs so that it drives like it should. It'll probably drive better. In ways it can. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's another thing with some of the higher end kits is they may go to a different spring rate, they may go to a different coil, uh, they may change the shock valving, and that's all to cater to making the truck ride better than it did off the showroom floor. So do you want to level it just because you want to fit a tire, or do you want to level it because you want to fit a tire and make it ride even nicer? Maybe even off-road. Maybe even use it off-road. Yeah, and right. one, one thing to remember, too, is when we do leveling kits, the higher-end quality kits, is we're actually going to be able to increase up travel, too. So that's the location of the bump stop to the axle. When we level the truck and bring the front end up two inches, we've increased that distance, so there's more upward travel of the suspension. The cheap spacer kits usually don't do that because they're not dropping the bump stop down. So essentially, if you were to collapse that coil spring, you get coil bind, and you get a lot of metal to metal contact rather than the suspension doing what it's supposed to do. Gotcha. It's a lot of info there. There's a whole lot of This info. is why Astro's here. <laughs> so uh, one of the key words that you mentioned there was caster. Caster. Uh, caster is a basically the measurement of the rotation of the axle. So if you draw a line between your two ball joints, upper and lower, 
where that axle is in rotation to everything else. Sure. Uh, yeah. Caster, if you do a lot of lift kits, you know, try to adjust at or uh, address caster and maybe don't do it all the way. And, and even then, too, you get guys that are in alignment shops, maybe aren't, you know, super knowledgeable with radius arm trucks or four link trucks. And they're not really sure how to set the caster or what it's even supposed to do. Or you get the, the guy in the garage who threw his lift on, didn't change anything with the alignment because the toe is good, the truck tracks right, but as soon as he hits a bump, it starts doing a little bit of this. Yeah. And that's mostly because the caster has changed. You're almost pretty much neutral, ball joints, straight up and down. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get the shopping cart effect. Sure, yeah. yeah. Most trucks, now speaking for all three brands, you're, there's not really a specific caster setting for every truck. Everyone's going to be a little bit different depending on the year make model, but let's just say one to six degrees positive caster. So if you were to take the wheel and tire off and draw an imaginary line through the upper and lower ball joint, straight up and down would be zero. Positive would be the upper ball joint would be back behind the lower. Therefore, the wheel and tire has a natural return to center. Well, when we rotate that axle down, start to rotate it forward, we lose that caster. And it's like that shopping cart when you go to Walmart and it's sitting there trying to figure out what it wants to do and you don't, you, it drives you nuts. Yeah. It's a very similar. You, know, um, the, you lose the natural return to center. Right. And so usually using that shopping cart analogy, people start going, ah, that's exactly, <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> that's how we know. <laughs> we do this every day. So, um, so crook and caster, uh, that helps with the solid axle trucks for a little bit. Quick touching on the independent front suspension trucks, the GM guys. Mm -hmm. uh, you're leveling, you're basically got a torsion key, upper control arm, and that's about it, right? Maybe a shock there's, coil. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to them. I mean, it's, uh, still nuts and bolts. You got an upper lower control arm, you got a torsion key and a torsion bar. So rather than using a coil spring or let's say a leaf spring on certain early model trucks, um, you're using a, a bar that is built out of a torsion steel and that's what creates the spring of the front end. That's what holds the weight of the truck. Shock's still there to do dampening. It simply slows the movements of the suspension. Um, in order to raise those trucks, you can definitely do it. The way that people sometimes do it is crank torsion keys, which is kind of a no-go. That's not something we suggest. Or you can do aftermarket torsion keys, which really re-index the so you can level the truck. And you can do that to a certain extent, but as with everything, you have limitations. You can't really go usually over two and a quarter, two and a half inches. That's kind of the sweet spot. And you start losing all the downward travel because the upper control arm will hit a limiter bump stop. Um, you also start increasing angles of CVs. You run into all kinds of issues. So with the GM guys, yes, you can level your truck. Just make sure you don't just crank the bars. Buy the appropriate kit that does accommodate, again, all those critical components. The length of the shock, possibly the upper control arm to get that upper ball joint angle, uh, angle correct and get enough downward travel, and then also the keys, which are going to re-index those bars. Excellent. This is why you're good at this. <laughs> so getting back over to solid axle trucks, um, there is a key component that a lot of times gets looked over or folks maybe don't think they absolutely have to have or not. Can you guess what I'm going to say? Usually everything but a spacer, so mainly track bar. Track, track bar. bar. For so, the love of God, do a track bar, please, people. If you, sorry, I'm gonna. <laughs> we're gonna go on a 30, maybe a 15 second rant here. You're on a budget. You want to level your truck. You know you're not gonna do springs. You basically only have a budget for spacers and maybe shocks. For the love of God, do a track bar. 
track please bar. do an adjustable track bar. You will you'll save yourself time, money, frustration, and just bills later on. It's true, it's yeah. Just, and a lot of these trucks come yeah. off the factory showroom, room, showroom floor with track bars that are less than desirable. They're very, very weak, poor geometry. They're rubber bushing, or even some of the Fords now using ball joint style mm -hmm. track bars. So it's a great time to upgrade that while you can. Um, great manufacturers out there that do make them. Um, for those that don't know what a track bar does, it's confusing. If you don't look under the front of your truck, there's all kinds of you know, there's all kinds of bars and links going every which way. So the track bar is the only bar under the front of a four-linked or radius arm truck that locates the axle left to right underneath it. And understand the importance of it. If you were to remove it, you couldn't even get your truck out of your own driveway. It is the, the sole purpose of the bar is to locate the axle underneath the truck, left to right. The control arms, the radius arms are front to back. So when you level the truck, because I'm going to borrow your pen. Yep. You have a fixed mounting point on the frame and a fixed mounting point on the axle. When you lift the truck, it's naturally going to swing that axle, usually towards the driver's side, because track bars mount on the frame rail at the driver's frame rail and go down to the axle on the passenger side. So if you don't have an adjustable track bar, your axle gets pushed to the left side of the truck, or let's say driver's side. The only way to get it back there is either a track bar bracket or a good aftermarket adjustable track bar. And again, you're going to fix the known issue of a weak track bar in the first place and you'll be able to center the axle back under the truck so for those people that are scratching their head why your driver's side driver's side tire sticks out two inches and your passenger side doesn't you need a track bar not all track bars are created equal either no yeah, same thing reinvest the money or invest the money in the right parts on your truck if you don't have money to do springs right now but you absolutely have to have that 35 inch tire okay do a spacer but spend the money on a track bar. Do a track bar, that's very, very important. And there's a lot of other components there that I wouldn't say are as critical, but are very um, good things to do, which would also be your sway bar in links. Um, a lot of guys don't realize when you do level the truck and you're lifting the front of the truck, the sway bar is designed to run somewhat parallel to the ground, to the road surface. And when you get it at a really bad angle, the sway bar actually creates even more spring rate in the front end and actually makes it ride even worse. So in order to fix that, you got to have a longer sway bar in link or some trucks even shorter, depending on which way the sway bar is oriented. So that is another component. Shocks are also a must. Some cheap kits have shock spacers, which is okay. But again, it's one of those things, if you're there, why not upgrade it? Why not go to a better quality shock? Um, the longer shock, obviously, will accommodate for the two, three inches or however mm -hmm. much you're leveling or lifting. Yeah, like if you ask me if it's like, do I spend the money on shocks or a track bar? As much as I hate shock extensions, I would take the shock extensions and put the money into a track bar. Yeah. That's how, I'm not trying to say like, screw everything, get a track bar, but <laughs> please people, spend the money in the right places. Yes. Um, and by all means, and we'll talk, talk about this later too, but if you have questions on that, that's why we're here. You can call us and ask us this anytime. And we'll explain it to you. We'll, we'll spend whatever time we need to on the phone with you. We'll talk with you, kind of get you up to speed with what you need to know. Um, so uh, this next phrase that I'm going to say could probably be like a 10-part issue because it's known industry-wide. Death wobble. Death wobble, uh, second-gen guys, thanks. Um, Really all, all, I mean, yeah. if you've owned a modern diesel, you've heard of death wobble before. Um, Dodge just kind of, well, they've been, it's been around since the solid axle front end was first equipped. So 
and there's a lot of things that cause it and there's a lot of things that you can do to fix it. Um, this is a conversation that could go on for six episodes because it, it yeah. is that in-depth. Um, but since we're talking about leveling your truck, we'll try to keep it around that. Um, a lot of guys will level their truck and then experience death well. And why is that? Um, well, you are changing the geometry of the front end. And when you do that, again, we come back to the caster. If we're losing caster, that'll sometimes create that shopping cart effect and that can cause death wobble. Um, you also, because we're changing the geometry of everything, we're changing the, the angle of the drag link, we're changing the angle of the track bar, we're changing the angle of the control arm. So sometimes that will uh, cause issues to somewhat arise um, or come out from the dark. And you can fix those issues very simply by diagnosing the truck correctly or doing a good leveling kit that does come with the correct components. So, um, track bar. Track bar is one of the main causes of, of a death wobble in the first place. Same with lack of caster and there's a lot of other small parts there wore out steering components that can cause it. Um, I'm sure you guys have a ton of questions on that so we're here to help on that. But um, Let's say track bar, track bar, the reason why that's important, again, it holds the axle underneath the truck. You can't drive the truck without it. The factory one has very um, steep angles and bends in it. Let's look at like a second or third gen Ram, for instance. The track bar is, is built like a wet noodle. <laughs> and it has rubber bushings, and a lot of guys say, well, hey, I'll just put in some new problem solver polyurethane bushings in it, and it'll, it'll be good. Down. It doesn't work that way. Um, because that bar is the one holding the axle in place, if you have any play in the bushings, or let's say the bar itself is weak, and this is a common thing that I see, the bar has such big angles and bends in it, and it's made out of such a weak material that you create what's called an oscillation in the steering. So you're driving down the road, you hit a pothole, or you go from concrete to asphalt, asphalt, or you hit a set of train tracks, and then the whole front end starts doing whatever it wants, well, the track bar is responsible of holding that axle in place. And a lot of times that factory track bar, because it is very weak and has play in the bushings, will almost create a spring-type effect and cause the front end to not know what the heck it wants to do. Where, it, where is it supposed to be? And it's, uh, it's all downhill after that. We pretty so, much just should have called this episode track bar. Track bar, know and love your track bar. Um, so, for the love of God, do a good leveling kit. <laughs> <laughs> Try to save yourself the, the hassle in the long run because you're going to buy a cheap kit and then you're going to be replacing parts and pieces and you realize that you should have just bought the good kit to start with because you would have saved money. And if, you, if you're on a budget and you're not sure how to piece it together, again, call us. We do this day in and day out. We can kind of guide you and say, you know, I have X amount of dollars. I want to accomplish this. I might have more money later on. What can I do now to fit 35s because I hate how raged my truck is? Okay, that gives us something to work with. We can... Get you figured out and go from there. So we've given you a nice kind of overview on leveling your truck. Um, we will do more episodes later on about specific suspension systems, what you can get out of it, four link, radius arm, independent front suspension, yeah. and you leaf spring guys. Um, don't forget, we'll, we'll talk about you guys too, uh, but for now, you're, I mean, yeah, you're, you're leaf sprung, so you're already, your truck rides like a wagon anyhow. Rides like uh, a hay wagon. Yeah. What, what's the, uh, we have an ashes around here. Uh, uh, rides like a safe? It rides like a safe. That would be for your OBS and early power stroke guys. Your trucks ride like a safe. Yeah. Even with Deaver and King 25s on the front, my excursion still 
It rode smooth for an excursion. Everything else didn't matter. Uh, anyhow. So now we've come to, I've been watching you guys' comments. We've got a couple of questions. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to answer some of these real quick. Let's see, we've got Tyler Kipp. Did Tyler leave? No, he's still here. We just brought Ash on because he's pretty. And he knows a lot. <laughs> uh, Kevin Cox. Stop being so cheap and buy the good stuff. Yes. Your words, not mine. <laughs> Marcus Cannon uh, says, or a three-quarter inch to the passenger to the passenger get side. All right. English is not his first language. Yeah. Neither is it mine. <laughs> uh, and then he says, track bar. Uh, Kevin, I saw your comment. Uh, yeah, we definitely did talk about a, uh, uh, the track bar on there. We hadn't quite got to that when you made this comment. Uh, but you also talked about uh, bump steer, uh, pen or blink, a lot of times referred to okay. as a track bar, um, and a pivot arm. That's a, that's a great one. That's a whole um, episode. That, yeah, that could very well you be. You could be a you know, bump steer episode. So we'll do that real quick. Bump steer. Bump steer is, for those that don't know, when your truck hits a bump and the whole steering wheel turns. The truck wants to turn when you hit a bump. Um, that comes back to geometry issues. Um, let's say for those guys with four-link or radius arm truck, uh, trucks, um, if you have a track bar and a drag link. Track bar, again, we know what track bar is because we've been talking about it this whole episode. The drag link is the link that goes between your steering gearbox or the pitman arm down to the passenger steering knuckle or to the tie rod. If those are not in, um, let's say, parallel with one another or they're at a different angle, as the suspension travels, it's going to go to the easiest link. And the easiest link is your, your steering column, your steering gearbox, your steering wheel. The whole steering assembly itself wants to turn. Um, that is usually not an issue with most modern trucks unless you have done a drop pitman arm without doing a drop track bar bracket or you've done a drop track bar bracket without doing a drop pitman arm. You've got to keep those two bars perfectly parallel with one another and closest to the, each other's uh, overall length too helps. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is that is very critical to alleviate bump steer. That's uh, what makes it kind of funny on the Ford leaf sprung trucks with a track bar because our track bar is like this long. Yes. <laughs> yes. Steering's like that long. And they're leaf sprung. <laughs> Why do you have a track bar on a leaf sprung truck? Um, <laughs> Ford. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Um, so that that sums it up. Essentially, you just you need to have your drag link and your track bar parallel to one another. If they are not, you will have bump steer. That's a great uh, comment, though, Kevin. And that, that could actually be definitely a whole entire episode. We might even get the whiteboard out, maybe get down in the shop and point at some, some uh, components and tell you what's going on there. Get my... Uh, get your my pointy stick out. Yeah. Maybe your my laser, laser pointer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next is uh, Nick West. Hey. Hey. Uh, funny, so Nick, Nick West is actually Ashford's brother. They're, they're brothers, like really brothers. It's true. It's true. True story. Uh, Nick says, uh, but the steering is still heavy how to improve steering. I'm assuming you're talking about your GM truck. Yes. Because he's got Duramax, LBZ, actually beautiful truck. 07 LBZ. Five the wheels, beautiful truck. Um, steering is still heavy. Steering what's, what's is your two heavy. What's your two-minute response? Two-minute response. Steering is heavy on all diesel trucks. The reason being is they're diesel. They have a very heavy engine above them. Um, Chevy, Ford, and Dodge all have that same issue. Ways that you can fix that, um, we sell upgraded steering gearboxes like Redhead, for instance. Awesome manufacturer. They're actually taking gearboxes and changing a lot of the internals. They're going to bigger control valves. They're going to bearing designs or rather than bushings. So they're going to a gearbox that physically can produce more steering power, and it makes it easier to steer these trucks. 
Um, no, it's not going to steer like your 1500. It doesn't have a 400 pound engine above or it. Or your little Toyota truck. It's not going to steer like a Toyota pickup. Nope. Um, they just won't do that simply because we're probably all running a big heavy tire. Uh, most of you guys are running a 12.5, 13.5, 15.5. It's and like three inches more contact patch. There's a ton of contact patch. You have a 1,200 pound engine above it, and you're trying to make it steer by dry steering it in a parking lot without rolling. Um, you're not going to make it steer beautifully. The only way you're going to get that really is to do a good quality gear box, make sure your steering components are good, make sure you don't have ball joints that are causing more um, friction. And uh, for those guys running large oversized tires, consider doing hydro assist. It is a beautiful thing. Would you say that uh, potentially a lube job would help? I can, yeah. I mean, if you have tie rod ends that are dry, for lack of better words, <laughs> lube those Good old-fashioned lube job. Yes. Uh, next, we got Dan Carter. Would a bracket fix this issue or just get on the track bar as well? Um, I'm assuming we're talking about when we're talking about track bars here and lifting it. Uh, my go-to is always going to be a good, high-quality, adjustable track bar. I like to stay away from brackets as much as I can, unless they're absolutely needed, obviously. But I'm, since we're talking about leveling, I'm assuming a truck's probably leveled. Sure. I'd say good, solid, adjustable track bar. Can you do a track bar bracket to alleviate the front end being off to one side? Yes, you can. Is it the best way to do it? No. Uh, how many times do I get a call or see a picture daily of a truck with a track bar bracket that is about to fall off or some farmer Joe tried to weld it back on? Uh, I could not count on one, yeah. both my hands. My friend's a fabricator. <laughs> He'll make me a bracket. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, brackets are a lot like extensions on a ratchet. You create more leverage. When you create more leverage, you make, leverage, you make things break. So track bars are just a better way to do it. Um, brackets work. They're a little bit cheaper. If you do go with a bracket, make sure you go with a good bracket. A lot of the fabricated ones are not great. Some of the good companies that are starting to do the big casted ones that actually make you drill in different locations and reinforce them, they can work okay. Um, but still, it's not going to be as good as a, an actual adjustable track bar. Uh, let's see, people, actually Tyler Kipp was watching. I think he still is. Uh, if you don't know, Tyler Kipp fully sent his truck at uh, Edge last weekend. Nice work, bud. Uh, Marcus Cannon. Uh, You've heard us talk about him before. He wants to know if you want to talk about lower trucks. Uh, no markers. This is America. We cannot talk we, about we lower cannot, trucks. We don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> go back to Canada. Yeah, go back to Canada with your lowered truck. Uh, Tony Koppel, first time death wobble. I thought I was going to die. That's yeah. true. There's a lot of people that call us and say, I got death wobble. I don't think you know what death wobble is. If you uh, haven't nearly like vacated your bowels in your driver's seat, no, you, yeah. you need new underwear if you've ever experienced death wobble. True death wobble will take you across four lanes of the highway, and it'll be a very, very scary experience. So if you've got a little bit of wobble, it's not death wobble. Death wobble is like incontrollable, lock-to-lock -lock steering wheel, slamming on the brakes. Whipping it out of your hands. It is violent. Whatever's so, on your dashboard, slamming into your windows. Like yes. it's, it's, it's not cool. It's, uh, there's a difference between I got play in my steering and death wobble. Yes. Death wobble is called death wobble for a reason, folks. Um, let's see. Dustin Kanegi, shout out. Hi, Dustin. You're downstairs right now. Get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, Nathan Dunlap, best track bar brand you'd recommend in particular. Um, Are we name dropping? I'll name drop right now. Carly. Carly. I think that pretty much sums it up right there. There's a lot of good brands out there. Um, we sell a lot, of, a, a lot of track bars. We sell, God, BD, Carly, Pure Performance, Icon. 
Oh, who am Ready I? Lift has one out there. Ready Go Lift, BDS. There's a lot of good companies out there. Um, just do your research. Buy a mm. buy a quality bar. Um, buy something American made. Buy something that is serviceable and rebuildable. Mm-hmm. Um, try to stay away from bushings if you can, and uh, make sure it's adjustable. Make sure it accommodates for the amount of leveling or lift that you're doing. You again with everything in life, you get what you pay for. You do. If you find a solid track bar, it's 150 bucks. And everyone else's is almost like 450, 435, 450. There's a reason. There's a reason. And do you want to trust your family, your trailer, your toys to that track bar? No, I don't want to gamble like that. Uh, next up, let's see. Tyler Kibb asked about a uh, track bar as well. Answered. Dustin Kennedy, Carly, good answer. Good answer. Wow, everybody's saying Carly. Uh, let's see. Uh, Billy, thank you for skipping lower trucks. <laughs> Marcus says, fine, bye, going back to Canada. Bye. Just kidding. Come back. I like you. Uh, Ian Anderson, leveling kits. Ooh, this is a long one. Let's see. Leveling kits with proper shock lengths and better socks for better ride quality than OEM springs. Something to talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That could be a whole other episode right there. To touch quickly on that, when you go to an aftermarket leveling kit that may have coil springs, a lot of those high-end companies, like we just mentioned, they will change the actual spring rate of the coil spring. So a lot of times... Yeah, even in the higher-end companies like Carly, they're going to valve their shocks to their coil springs so you get the best of both worlds. You get something that is actually tuned. You get a kind of a tuned suspension system, not jumping into something crazy, but you can get into a a coil spring. Some trucks can take advantage of multi-rate. For those that don't know, that's a coil spring that has multi-spring rates through it. So it's the ones that look really coarse and thick at the bottom, and then they get finer springs up top, and it gives you a... Kind of like a dual spring rate, so it's nice and smooth up top. And uh, as the suspension travels down further, further through the suspension travel, it gets stiffer. So you get kind of the best of everything there. Um, some trucks you can't use that. You have to stick to a linear rate spring because that's what works. But that is one nice thing about doing to a, going to a high-quality kit is you can improve the ride by going to a different spring rate and doing a shock that's valved accordingly to match that spring rate. All right. Next up, next topic, next section right here. This is something that I want to try and bring into every episode, as usual, if we have time. We're going to call it the 10-minute tangent. This is where we talk about a tangent. We could, we could have a rant about uh, track bars. We could have a rant about anything, really. Uh, but I want to take a little bit of this 10-minute tangent, since this is your first time on here. Uh, what do you drive? What do I drive? I drive a 13 Ram 2500... Um, it's got four tires, four shocks, and it goes fast. That is an entirely vague <laughs> description of your truck. Uh, Ash's truck, to the best way I can describe it, it's a single cab manual. It likes to party. It gets down. It, uh, to, to most anybody that looks at it, they're going to be like, oh, it's a single cab truck with fiberglass. It, uh, it's got 37s. That's great. Woohoo! Um, but then you start romping on it and getting into some really sketchy, stuff and the truck just keeps going faster yeah i like suspension suspension's always been it's it's fun because everybody builds their truck either for looks or for street and strip sled pull fun but there's not a whole lot of trucks out there that ride good and for let's say tangent my lifestyle i like to get off road i like to go camping i like to adventure i like to go see places that other people don't see and you got to have good suspension to do that so Mm -hmm. Those cheap leveling kits just, they don't do that. No, so, and if I recall correctly, you have a long arm suspension on your truck. Yeah, there's a, there's a, 
a long subject there too, short arm versus long arm. Um, there's a reason why high-end manufacturers like Carly or let's say Thurin or Pure Performance Icon, they really don't go over three inches of suspension with short arms. And because you can't, you, really, you can't really make a short arm work well. And this is, this, we're talking Dodge now. Um, for the Ford guys, you can really get away with it because you're a radius arm, but on the, the early pre-13 pre trucks, those short little control arms, when you start to lift them, you start to get such a severe angle on them that the suspension movement doesn't, no, it no longer goes into the spring and shock, it just basically goes into the chassis. So my truck is long-armed, it's a three-inch spring, so it's essentially a leveling kit on 37s with a long-arm um, Fox. Lots of wheel travel. Lots of travel, Fox two and a half inch, um, IFP shocks, um, quad bypasses in the rear, Devers, all the fun suspension stuff that makes and it. And that's where most people, when they see your truck, they look at the front and they go, oh, okay. And you look out back and like, oh man, those are full length Devers with bypasses. This guy does not mess around. Yeah, it's, anybody can jump into that stuff. The, the, the cool thing is, is there is companies that we sell now that are actually selling those style kits to the public. You can go out and you can buy a, a Carly kit or a name brand that's you know a quality manufacturer that can get way more wheel travel out of these trucks. And there's pros and cons as, if, as anything. I don't tow extremely heavy, and if I did, I would just throw a set of airbags in there. Um, and that's one thing we should always touch bases on is airbags. Um, but it, it, there's a lot of manufacturers that are now catering to that crowd. So that's really cool to see in our industry suspension companies that are trying to make these trucks ride better. Um, at the end of the day, they are 25, 3500, so are they gonna ride as good as a Ford Raptor? No. But can you make it ride a heck of a lot better, but still like to get down and tow and party and carry everything and the family and the kids and the bikes? Yes. So that's, that's fun. All right, quick synopsis. We talked about suspension in your truck. Um, <clears throat> running out of time, let's do, so it's a manual truck, D56. It's got a Southman dual disc clutch in it. Um, it did go to Mexico and came back. Uh, give me the minute and a half performance engine stuff. Minute? It's not. It's got an engine. It's a. Uh, it's got an engine. Folks. It's got an engine. It's got windshield wipers too. It does. Uh, it's a six seven. As you can imagine, six seven Cummins. It's. Um, God, I. Not a whole lot done internally. It's got. Studs. Head studded. It's running a, one of the BD Rumble B. Second gen swap kits, uh, phenomenal kit. Uh, 369 SXE, which is T4, gotta stay with the 69, that's like the best <laughs> size turbo there is. Um, it uh, running their T4 manifold, their complete kit, BD intake manifold, BD grid delete, um, stock fueling other than a fast 150, um, PPEI tuning, studded, uh, there's a bunch of other stuff I'm forgetting. That's like the meat and potatoes. Uh, it's the perfect power I want. It's right in the 620 to 650 horse range, which is super fun. It's reliable. I can start it every day and get to work. Um, I didn't really want to make more than that because then you start getting into internal parts and I just I don't have that kind of coin and I want it to be able to go across the country and back. So it's, it works perfect. Yeah. And it has suspension, so you can yeah. use all that power. And it's a manual. It just it's something about a manual truck that's got suspension and power. It's rowdy. It's fun. It, it, it's fun. Every time that I'm with you in that truck and you get down, it's it's a good time. I enjoy it. It makes me happy. Anyhow, 
we're done. That's all the stuff we want to talk about today. Did we do it? We did it. Yeah. We did it. Uh, those of you still watching, appreciate you tuning in. Um, we are going to try and, and work out the time schedule to make these about a half hour in total. Um, if you have any comments, suggestions, things you like, things you didn't like, by all means, let us know. We're going to keep doing these. I think we're going to hold tight at Thursday, 3.15 p.m. Pacific time. Seems to work well for us. Um, and, and we really appreciate you guys tuning in. We really want to make sure that we're getting as much information out there as possible. And we are going to be doing more in-depth uh, episodes on certain parts later yeah. on, especially was, suspension stuff. This was very, very, like, we just scratched the Skin. surface. We're, is... we're, at the, we're on the, the foam <laughs> of the beer right now. We yeah, there is. We haven't even gotten into it. Suspension goes on for days, so this is just scratching the surface, which is majority of those guys just want to level their truck. Boom, there you go. Yeah, if, you, if, if there's a specific build, especially that DPP has done, and you want to know more about the suspension on that, let us know. Um, we can definitely talk more in depth about it. Um, we can get the whiteboard out. We can talk about, we can get pictures out. We maybe can go in the shop and even dissect it. I'll get my lab piece. coat on. Yeah, we'll get our glasses because safety first. And it'll be a good time. Um, we're here to basically try and be as transparent as possible as we can about performance parts, suspension parts, pretty much anything you need yeah. for your truck. Um, that being said, uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me directly. That's ben at diesel power products. If you have suspension questions, you want to take your truck to the next level suspension wise, Ashford, what's your email? Ash, just A-S-H, at dieselpowerproducts.com. Dot com. Dot com. Can't forget the dot com. Uh, you can call us. We're here at 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., 888-993-4373. That is Pacific time. And, again, thank you for watching. Uh, we'll see you next week. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time. Thanks, boys. Or, and girls, got to be PC, you know, whatever. PC. Marcus, go back to Canada. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.